0: Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are continuing to look at love through the eyes of Doctors Les and Leslie Parrott. The bedrock of communication is secured in who you are as a person, in being warm, genuine, and empathetic and this requires mutual understanding. While these three traits are critical for effective communication, by themselves they do not assure success. According to the parrots, a few simple rules are still needed. It is their opinion that the important communication tools can be reduced to six basic skills, and that if you learn them and use them, you will be able to give more love to your spouse and your marriage will become supercharged with positive energy. Here again are their six rules. 1. Make I statements, not you statements. 2. Practice reflective listening. 3. Understand and accept the differences between men and women. 4. Apologize when necessary. 5. Power down and get offline. 6. Communicate through touch. We were looking at number one, make I statements, not you statements, when our time ran out last week. So, picking up where we left off, there is no benefit to making your spouse feel attacked. Instead of saying, You are so careless, how could you forget that we were going out tonight? It would be better to say, I feel hurt and a little scared when you forget things we plan together. This allows you to express your feeling of being neglected, but you're saying it without accusing your partner of intentionally hurting you. In place of, You try to make me feel stupid by always correcting what I say. Say something like, I feel very put down when you correct little things I say. Begin your sentences with I, rather than you, and you will save your marriage much misery. Communication is not what you say, but what your partner understands by what you say. When you make you statements, all your partner hears is blame and criticism. I statements are much more effective because they allow your message to be correctly heard and understood. Number two. Practice reflective listening. It is said that 98% of good communication is listening. But if you can hear, you can listen, right? Wrong. Hearing is passive. Listening is active. I like the statement I read some time ago that says, We listen in two ways, to hear or to respond. In other words, when you listen to respond, you really aren't hearing at all. You're responding to emotions and words, but not listening for meaning. The parrots say that true empathy and listening involves change. Unfortunately, some people may learn to listen well, but they fail to heed what they hear. If your spouse is asking for a change in your behavior... Seriously consider the request, and then if it seems reasonable, act on it. Just as words without deeds are dead, so is listening without action. Another thing about listening. If you are at a loss and can't seem to reflect your partner's message, do two things. One, make sure you really want to accurately understand their message. And two, say something like, tell me more about it, or help me understand what you mean. This safety net technique works wonders. Renowned Swiss counselor, Dr. Paul Turnier has said, It is impossible to overemphasize the immense need we have to be really listened to, to be taken seriously, to be understood. No one can develop freely in this world and find a full life without feeling understood by at least one person. I encourage you to offer your spouse the gift of listening. Number three, understand and accept the differences between men and women. Now remember, we're only addressing the general topic of conversation here, not all the differences between men and women. Suffice it to say, we are very different. That's God's design, and it will always be that way. God has quite a sense of humor. Remember Professor Harry Higgins in My Fair Lady? Why can't a woman be more like a man? We all know he wasn't making an anatomical reference. He's in love with Eliza, but he can't really understand her. An expert in languages... He has taught Eliza how to speak English his upper-class way, but he can't really communicate with her. Henry Higgins is not alone. Almost every man and every woman has at some point despaired of ever getting through to the opposite sex. Men and women are very different. While our roles can be changed, our psyches cannot. And even though the other sex's behavior is different from ours, It is not wrong. We must accept our differences and accept each other. Now, this may involve changing our expectations. Accepting each other's differences is a vital key to effective communication. Communication can either span or widen the gender gap. In conversation, men and women appear to be doing the same thing. They open their mouths and produce noise. However, they actually use conversation for quite different purposes. Women use conversation primarily to form and solidify connections with other people. Men, on the other hand, tend to use words to navigate their way within the hierarchy by communicating their knowledge and skill and imparting information. Women excel at what linguistics expert Deborah Tannen calls rapport talk. Men feel most comfortable with report talk. Even though women may have more confidence in verbal ability, they are less likely to use that ability in a public context. Men feel comfortable giving reports to groups or interrupting a speaker with an objection. These are skills learned in the male hierarchy. Many women might perceive the same behavior as putting themselves on display. For example, At a party, the men tell stories, share their expertise, and tell jokes, while the women usually converse in smaller groups about more personal subjects. They are busy connecting, while the men are positioning themselves. Well, how does this relate to communicating within your marriage? Well, it comes down to this. Conversationally speaking, women share feelings, and men solve problems. According to the parrots, if you do not comprehend this stylistic difference, your conversations can be terribly frustrating. For example, the wife says, You won't believe the amount of work my boss is giving me. Listen to this. And the husband responds, Honey, I keep telling you to talk to him about that. Well, according to the parrots, these kinds of interactions send too many couples to counselors because they don't understand that women share feelings and men solve problems. Once this distinction is made, a simple solution can be applied that works instantly and with very little practice. Simply label the type of conversation you want to have and ask your spouse to join you. Just because men have a tendency to solve problems and women have a tendency to share feelings, doesn't mean that each isn't capable of the other mode. Here's how the previous conversation could have proceeded. She says, You won't believe the amount of work my boss is giving me. Listen to this. He says, I keep telling you to talk to him about that. She replies, I know, but I'd like to have a feelings conversation right now, okay? I just need to get this out. And he replies, okay, tell me about it. At that point, she can relate the incident and he can actively listen to her feelings, reflecting them back to her from time to time. When you realize the two of you are in different modes, labeling a conversation feeling talk or problem talk works magic according to the parrots. Honor both styles in your marriage and validate your partner's communication gifts. Number 4. Apologize When Necessary Within a marriage, an apology to your spouse that is sincerely meant is much more than an act of civility. It can be a powerful tool for resolving issues and strengthening your relationship. Sometimes apologizing is perfectly straightforward. When one partner blows it, and the offense is minor, maybe he forgot to put gas in the car, a graceful apology is all it takes for the incident to be dropped. At other times, an apology can be surprisingly complicated. The parents tell the story of a couple that they worked with who would regularly short-circuit their arguments with hasty apologies. I said I was sorry for what I did, one of them would say, Now why can't you forget about it and move on? This form of apology is really a tool of manipulation, a way of getting off the hook and avoiding the real issue. What's worse, a premature apology blocks real change. One husband snapped at his wife at a dinner party. Later he said, I'm sorry, but look, you have to understand that I've been under a lot of stress lately. The husband was avoiding responsibility for his insensitive behavior. What his wife needed to hear was, I'm sorry, it isn't right to lash out at you when I'm stressed. This would have told the wife that her husband understood that he had hurt her and would not try to do it again. True apologies in marriage can happen only when partners come to understand accountability. This is another way of saying that each of you must take responsibility for your own behavior, acknowledge your partner's point of view, and at times, own up to things about yourself you don't like. Finally, it may mean making changes. All couples need a healing mechanism, a way to turn a new page in marriage, and knowing how and when to say you're sorry can make a big difference. Well, our time is gone for today. And as I close, I want to again thank Sandy Jones and Christian Living Magazine for sponsoring our recent couples conference. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at org. To know more about the church, Go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening, and be blessed.